Welcome to the Cheyenne Vineyard Podcast, bringing you a message of hope for your everyday world. Thank you and enjoy today's podcast. This past week, I had a a medical appointment. And when Mark Crawford was here the last time, he said that he had an impression that somebody had a hip problem. Well, I had told my doctor six on my last visit that I thought I might have sciatica, so we were going to deal with it. Well, when Mark said he had this impression, I, I just went up because nobody else went up, and I thought, okay, I'll just, you know, see what the Lord will do. Well, the Lord healed it, and it was progressive, but it's gone, and it's been gone. Well, Monday, the doctor was going over her checklist of how you doing here and how you doing there, and what about that hip? And I said, oh, the Lord healed my hip. And so I told her that Mark had gotten this impression, and I went forward for prayer. And she said, well, good, I'm glad it's better. So I said, Thank you, Jesus, right there. And she, anyway, I just got an opportunity to testify to her. Praise God. (laughs) Anybody uh, have a testimony from tonight that I want to share? My shoulder feels better. I might get some more prayer later because I would like it to be all the way better. Uh, this is part of learning to flow with the Holy Spirit. Uh, when the presence of the Lord gets to a certain point, we we got to respond somehow. <laughs> so other otherwise, we just would get hard, and that that would that would definitely not be good. Uh, so, uh, tonight I, I really felt like the Lord gave me a few things, uh, that I would share under the heading of adjusting our paradigm. (laughs) I've used that word for years. (laughs) It's, It's from economics. (laughs) <laughs> That's where I learned it. Uh, <clears throat> so, when you see things happening in in the news, and generally bad things happening in the news, I mean, we see another terror attack today in Germany. This time, uh, you know, there's there's just day after day, there's there's something. And so, you know, how, how do we interpret those events? And I, I think a common paradigm in, in the world is, well, if, if there was a God, you know, how, how could he let these things happen? And that's not our paradigm, obviously. But what is our paradigm? How, how do we interpret how do we deal with that well see we know the big picture of the story and and the big picture is that 
God is in the process of raising up a bride who's made herself ready for the return of his son. And so we interpret these events in, in light of that. Because I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, the believers who have been forcibly removed from their homes in Iraq and Syria and other places in the Middle East, they are holding on to God with every ounce of strength that they have. They're not being distracted by anything. They, they are ready for the bridegroom. And, and so, you know, when, when we see these things happening, and then we see shaking, we see acceleration of shaking because we know everything that can be shaken is going to be shaken so that what cannot be shaken can be revealed as being unable to be shaken. So <clears throat> that's the light in which we need to interpret, understand the news. And I, I think that's a helpful thing because it, it allows us to pray along with what God may be doing. For example, in, in Germany, in Munich, in, in Nice, France, in different places in, in the U.S. where we've had different kinds of terrorist attacks. Lord, wake up your people. Lord, let your people draw near to you and find you in, in a way that's more real than what they have now. Because that's where this is going. And, and so we can participate with the God of heaven in, in what he's doing. Because he, he really is doing this. He's, he's raising up a bride for his son. And, and we can be part of that bride who's made herself ready. And, and you know, he's, he's given us this invitation not just to be a praying church. The, the invitation that, that he's given us is to be a people of prayer. Because that, that's those are two totally different things. Uh, <clears throat> when we become a person of prayer, it it just it just becomes the our life, and and that's that's what the Lord wants. Uh, we can we can be distracted from it for a time. We can have duties that that we have to take care of, but it we just keep coming back to that, to him. And, you know, a praying church can pray a lot of things, but a people of prayer want to know what God wants. 
and pray that into being. And and that's what God's calling us into. It's it's a different different thing. So uh, our, we need to the, the next thing, I guess, is we need to correctly direct our patriotism. And, and this, is, this is probably a hard one for some of us. It's a hard one for me sometimes. Uh, but we, we need to remember that we are first citizens of the kingdom of God. That is an everlasting kingdom that will never be shaken that's ruled from heaven right now. And that's, that's where our citizenship is. Because as, as Paul understood so clearly, when, when we're bought with a price, the Lord has a claim on us. And it's not a partial claim. He, he didn't buy 25% of you or 50% of you. He paid for all of you. And that is the claim that he has on your life. Now you can withhold it, but that will not end up being a wise choice. <laughs> so when, when he wants some of you, you need to give it to him. And, you know, that last song, romancing and pursuing, that, that's what he's doing all the time. And he's asking us for, okay, give me that. Now give me that. And it's, he always has something better, but we always have to give up the thing first in order to get the better thing. So, Getting back to the patriotism thing. We are citizens of the United States of America, second to being citizens of God's kingdom. And I, I love our country. I, I want to see our country remain. I, I want to see God turn everything around. I, I want to see a, a reset, a restart. <laughs> I, and, and it's okay for us to pray all of those things. Uh, and, and to pray for a third great awakening that, that I believe is, is coming. But our, our patriotism for our country ha has to be secondary to our citizenship in the kingdom of God. Or, or it can lead us into some, some wrong things that probably not right now, but in the future it, it certainly could. 
And there, there may be a time when we have to make a choice between being part of bringing in the great harvest and, and taking up arms against somebody who's attacked America. And, you know, which will be the higher choice? Well, that's, that's easy sitting here now, but not quite so easy in the midst. So, so we have to have things settled now <laughs> when they're a little easier to settle. Um, <clears throat> now, uh, a question. Um, why would God want to raise up a, a praying church a people of prayer uh, right now. Um, I think there's a couple good examples in Scripture, in Daniel and Jeremiah, about why. And this this one in Jeremiah, I just I can't I can't get away from it. Uh, it's Jeremiah 23. And I, I read Jeremiah all the way through a few months ago, and it was like reading the newspaper uh, to me. And if you know when Jeremiah was written, that's, that's not a comforting thing. <laughs> Uh, but in Jeremiah 23, it st starts out talking about Jesus, the righteous branch that, that's going to come. But then he, the Lord gets into the prophets of Jeremiah's day, and, and Jeremiah was uh, a lonely voice with the word of the Lord. There were a lot of prophets. But we find out in Jeremiah 23 what they were saying. And they weren't saying the same thing Jeremiah was saying, which made Jeremiah very unpopular. In fact, if Jeremiah had a church, he probably had the smallest church in town. So we'll start in verse 16. For thus says the Lord of hosts, do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you, filling you with vain hopes. They speak visions of their own minds, not from the mouth of the Lord. They say continually to those who despise the word of the Lord, it will be well with you. And to everyone who stubbornly follows his own heart, they say, no disaster will come upon you. For who among them has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word? Or who has paid attention to his word and listened? Behold, the storm of the Lord, wrath has gone forth, a whirling tempest, it will burst upon the head of the wicked. 
the anger of the Lord will not turn back until he has executed and accomplished the intents of his heart. In the latter days you will understand it clearly. I did not send the prophets, yet they ran. I did not speak to them, yet they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have proclaimed my words to my people, and they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. And that's the verse that has a hold of me. Will, will we be that kind of people who stand in the counsel of the Lord and hear and see his word and speak it to this generation that they would turn and repent and, and come to the Lord. See, that's, that's what the great harvest looks like. That's, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take the word of the Lord. And if we have the word of the Lord from being in the counsel of the Lord, one word could turn this nation. And that's what we need to be praying into is that God would raise up such a people who, who would be able to be in his counsel and hear and, and have his word. Because, I mean, it's not that you hear his word, it, it's, that it's like John the Baptist. He, he had the word of the Lord. I mean, you could even say that he was the word of the Lord. That's, that's how much it had him. It wasn't that he had it. And that kind of thing only comes from daring to ask and daring to ask the Lord to give you such a heart. Does anybody dare? I, I hope some of us will dare. And the, the other example is, if you turn a few pages further to Daniel... Daniel chapter 9. And we'll just start in, in the beginning. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, by descent a Mede, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the number of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass 
before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly, and rebelled, turning aside from your commandments and your rules. And notice that Daniel is not saying they, he's saying we. Even though in the previous chapter <laughs> he was thrown in the lion's den for being faithful to the Lord and continuing to pray in public view, <laughs> breaking the law of the king who who didn't want to throw him into the lion's den because he was the smartest and brightest and he was the most righteous of, of all the educated men in the kingdom and he wanted to make him number one and all the other guys were jealous so they cooked up this scheme Daniel, we know Daniel lived through the lion's den and then all those other guys and their wives and their families all got thrown into the lion's den and, and they were all destroyed because God was faithful to Daniel. So anyway, picking up in verse 6. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. To you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame. As at this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, in all the lands to which you have driven them, because of the treachery that they have committed against you. To us, O Lord, belongs open shame. To our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord our God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in his laws, which he set before us by his servants the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse and oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out upon us because we have sinned against him. He has confirmed his words which he spoke against us and against our rulers who ruled us by bringing upon us a great calamity, for under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. As it is written in the law of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord our God, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. You see that we could be praying this chapter? Okay, good. <laughs> 
Therefore the Lord has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us, for the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he has done, and we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and have made a name for yourself as it is this day, we have sinned and done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city Jerusalem, your holy hill, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And for our own sake, O Lord, Make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your ears and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake, O oh my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. While I was speaking and praying, confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel, and presenting my plea before the Lord my God for the holy hill of my God, while I was speaking in prayer, the man Gabriel whom I had seen in the vision at the first, came to me in swift flight at the time of the evening sacrifice. He made me understand, speaking with me and saying, O Daniel, I have now come out to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out and I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. And <clears throat> this is where we get some insight in, into the, the ways of the Lord is in, in the rest of that chapter. But, you know, I, I wonder if, if there wasn't a Daniel, I wonder how long it would have taken for the Lord to raise up somebody else to pray the prayer that Daniel prayed so that Jerusalem could be rebuilt and a new temple built. I don't know. Could have been another 70 years. See, this is the thing that we have to understand the things that God says are not automatic. There, there are certain things that he's going to do for his eternal plan and purpose. But there are a lot of things that end up getting put off because there, there isn't someone like Daniel standing in the counsel of the Lord and, and praying the prayer that's on the Lord's heart to get things moving. 
and if you, you can go ahead and read the rest of the chapter because it's it's just crazy <laughs> what God tells him because he, he tells him the whole the whole rest of the story of his eternal plan and purpose and Daniel's like what did he say? Because <laughs> he, he seriously, that's that's where he gives him the whole seventy weeks answer and uh, all all about you know what's going to happen and, until the time of the end. And 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 that's that's what the Lord gave him. So. Uh, <laughs> That's, I mean, it's just kind of funny to me. Uh, uh, I mean, you you would think that the Lord would just say, "Okay, Daniel, I heard your prayer. I'm I'm going to send Ezra and Nehemiah, and now that you've prayed this prayer, I'm I'm going to rebuild the temple." And but no, He tells them the whole, like like a condensed version of the whole rest of history. And and so, I think that's what it's like sometimes to stand in the counsel of the Lord. And it's, uh, <clears throat> I think Terry Bennett kind of feels like that sometimes. And I, I remember uh, the last conference I went to with the Joseph Company in Kansas City that was like five years ago. Uh, I was there, and Terry Bennett was uh, the main speaker, and and he shared this visitation that he had had, and and this this picture that the Lord had showed him. And uh, I don't think I've shared this before, have I? The trump card thing. I, okay, so <clears throat> so anyway, the Lord Jesus and the devil are at this table playing cards. And and the devil has a royal flesh, and I mean he's he's just grinning from ear to ear because he can't wait to play it, because because he knows he can't lose. He, I mean he's he's got the hand, and and the Lord just uh, raises up his his finger just just a second, and he all of a sudden he has a card in his hand and he, he lays it down on the table and it's a trump card and and he points at the devil and says deal with that and just sits back and crosses his arms and you know it was it was an encouraging word because you know all of us you know nobody thought anything about Donald Trump at, at that time we just thought that's great you know the enemy can have all these great plans and think he has everything figured out and just when he's ready to lay it all out, the Lord is, is going to just throw a big monkey wrench into it and mess it all up. So, cool. So, you know, that that was that and it was encouraging and, and good. Well, then I think it was back in, well, it was a few months ago, Anyway, Terry has another visit uh, from an angel, and he gives him some insight in, into that 
visitation. And this, both of these are, are on his website, so I, terrybennett.net, I encourage you to go in and download those, take a look at them, because it's, it's food for prayer. But anyway, the angel said, yes, Donald Trump is the trump card. And, and he said, in, in this second visitation, he saw Donald Trump, and he had the Constitution written on his back. Because he is a backer of the Constitution. And it's interesting, Terry had had a, a visitation a couple years ago where a couple angels came to him, and they had the Constitution. And they told Terry, the Constitution is no longer safe in Washington, D.C. This was a couple of years ago. Yeah. And, and so, you know, I, I don't know what you guys think about Donald Trump. Uh, I... For a long time, I have thought there's there's got to be something right about this guy because of all the people who were against him. I mean, all the establishment Republicans hated him, all the Democrats hated him, all the media hated him, and if that was the case, there had to be something right about this guy. Right, and and they were all establishment too. So, so anyway, what what Terry is is saying it's it's not that Donald Trump's election is is a done deal, but that the church needs to pray for for his safety for one thing, because there really hasn't been anyone as anti-establishment as Trump since JFK, and we know what happened to him. Uh, so we we not only have to pray for his protection, but I, I think we need to pray that the Lord will wake up the church and that the people of God will seek the Lord on on how to vote and, and vote as, as the Lord leads. Uh, but I, I mean, uh, that vision certainly makes sense to me. I mean... Uh, can can you imagine Hillary Clinton standing for the Constitution? I I mean that's a sick joke uh, <laughs> to to even say that. Uh, so uh, anyway, I just uh, I felt like I was supposed to share that. I wasn't planning to, but Terry is one guy uh, who I believe stands in the counsel of the Lord. And, and I, I mean, I, I don't know if there are more than two or three people that I would say that about. Uh, I, I want to be one, but I, I can't say I am one yet. I'm praying to be one. And I, I hope many of us will, will pray that same prayer. But I, I also know some of us what it cost Terry to, to
to get there. Uh, I mean, you, you talk about the Lord having a claim on your life. That's, that's a 100% claim when you become one who stands in the presence of the Lord. Because uh, you just can't, you don't say no. And, and I know some of the things that he's had to go through, and but I, I don't want to get into that. Uh, where all this is headed, and this, this kind of goes back to interpreting the news, uh, <clears throat> we know that there's a bride who's going to make herself ready, Jesus is going to return. And then the bride, uh, those, those people who get to go to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And, and this is a, another probably controversial position that I have, but I think it's very well supported by Scripture. Being a Christian doesn't guarantee you a place at the wedding supper of the Lamb. Okay? The parable of the ten virgins. They, they were ten believers, followers of Jesus, who were looking for the bridegroom, waiting for the bridegroom. Five were wise, five were unwise. Five got to go into the wedding supper of the Lamb, and the door was shut. And then the other five came knocking, and they did not get in. Anyway, I'm not going to go into more of that. Uh, <clears throat> but uh, the thing is, those who get to go to the wedding supper of the Lamb will rule with Jesus for a thousand years and, and clean up the earth. Jesus will, will be ruling on the earth with those people, and it's going to take a thousand years to get the earth ready for the Father to return, for the new Jerusalem to come down and the new heaven and new earth to, to be occupied by the presence of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There won't even need to be any sun because of the brightness of the glory of God. <laughs> that's, that's eventually where, where all this is going. So there... There are, I would say, three different kinds of Christians. Uh, I'll use quotation marks. On the earth, in America, probably in Cheyenne. There, there are those who um, are living their own life with Jesus added so that they can be all they can be. Now that's, that's basically the gospel that 
some churches are presenting, like Joel Osteen, uh, from the very limited exposure that I've had to his messages, that's kind of the gospel that he's presenting. Those, those people have a belief, but there really is not a commitment to obey Jesus as God or as Lord. And I really don't know how much good their belief is going to do them. I, <laughs> I don't want to find out <laughs> for myself. Because there's another level. And, and those are the people who live their life for Jesus. And, and they do a lot of good things. They, they believe in Jesus. But that's, to me, that's kind of the entry level. You're living your life for Jesus, so you're obeying him. You're recognizing that he's Lord and God. But then there's this other level that we don't hear about very often that I've taught on some recently, in, in the last year primarily. And those are the people through whom Jesus Christ lives his life. Completely different deal. Mm -hmm. those, those are the people through whom Jesus lives his life. And Reese Howells is, is one of those kind of guys. John Wesley was one of those kind of guys. Jonathan Edwards was one of those kind of guys. They're kind of rare uh, in 20th century church experience. I don't know how to get there. But I'm praying to get there. I, I want to get there. Because that's what's going to change the world. That's where the great harvest is going to come in. And the only way I know of, of getting there is asking to get there <laughs> because it it takes a a sovereign work of god in the heart of an individual so that someone like paul could actually say truthfully in galatians 2:20 it is no longer paul who lives it is christ who lives in me and the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me. And it, it involves a 100% a giving of the will to the one who has a claim on us. Yeah, 100% surrender.
So <clears throat> I think it, it helps us to have that little piece also of where this is going. Because the bride who has made herself ready is going to look like that. That, that is what the bride of Christ is, is going to look like before Jesus returns. Yeah, help us, God, because we're, we're not there. I don't know anybody who's even close, really. Uh, but the bride that, that Jesus is, is going to take is, is going to be his complete counterpart. And that's what it's going to take to fully be his counterpart. To, to be fully submitted to, to the bridegroom. That's, and, you know, I'm, I, I can only imagine what, what that's going to look like because it's going to be a mass of people. But this, this needs to be part of our praying is, is that the Lord take us there. We, we, we want to be part of this. We, we, we're not okay with the status quo. We, you, you've got to do something, God. And, you know, that prophetic word that uh, Charlene back to Marion gave here a few weeks ago, I think that's part of what she was, what the Lord was showing her, that, that huge funnel of liquid gold that was coming into this building. And, and that was going to cause people to just fall on their knees and, and repent and bring the spiritually dead to life. And, and so I want us to be praying into that also. Because, I mean, the Lord's given us amazing promises. Uh, this, this may not look like a promotion, but this is a promotion. We, we all have been through a humbling in the last couple of years. And I'm embracing it now more than ever. Because I know what, what happens. I know what a promotion looks like in the kingdom of God. And it doesn't look like a promotion in, in the kingdom of this world. Because the, the way to a promotion in the kingdom of God is, is to go lower. But at a certain point in time, like Joseph, the Lord exalts those who have humbled themselves and who have embraced with humility the training that they've been through. 
And so I know what's coming. <laughs> and I'm happy. <laughs> I'm letting the joy out. Because the Lord has purpose in this. We, we touched his heart with that solemn assembly. And he said, okay. If you want my heart, let's go on a little journey. And now I can look back joyfully <laughs> on the journey because I have a glimpse of where this is going. And I want you to have that glimpse too. If you need a copy of that word from Charlene, let me know because <laughs> you, you want a copy of that. Uh, I think I better close. <laughs> okay, it's not 8.30. That's good. Uh, <clears throat> so, the Lord does want to raise up uh, a praying people in this hour. And, and he's calling us to that. Uh, this 40-day fast, 40-day tag team fast that, that we're doing, the Lord wants to teach us something through this. That's why we're doing this as, as a body, not individually. We, we all have the opportunity to take part. And there's still days back there if, if some of you want to sign up. And if a day that you want is taken, sign up anyway. We can have more than one person fasting on a day. Uh, <clears throat> but I'm committed to us getting it done. So unless you want me to lose a lot of weight, some, some of you guys need to take some days. <laughs> <clears throat> but the Lord wants to teach us something uh, about doing this together and not just some of us doing it. Uh, and he, he wants to teach us how to birth things in prayer. Because he's going to birth things through us in prayer. And he's, he's teaching us how to see with eyes of faith beyond the natural. I'm excited. He's, he's going to raise up Deborah's. He's going to raise up the sons of Issachar. There's, there's a new level of intercession that's coming. There's a new level of the prophetic that's coming because it, it's necessary. And, and so we, we need to be pulling together for, for some of this. Okay. 
I still have a few of those Mike Bickle prayer guides back there because this this summer is really time for all of us to be growing in prayer. And if you haven't got a copy of the Crafted Prayer Book from Graham Cook, grab a copy because that's another good way to grow in prayer. Um, and then also we've got our 24-hour sign-up for Cover Cheyenne uh, for April 1st, because we, or August, sorry. <laughs> oh, you can come up here, Bubba. <laughs> come here, let's pray. Father, we thank you for life. Thank you for life in you. Thank you that your ways are higher than our ways. I thank you that you're teaching us your ways so that we can live with more of your glory. So we ask you to teach us more of your ways. Lord, we ask you to take us deeper in intercession, in prayer. We ask you to release that increase in anointing to pray. We ask you to release that deeper prophetic anointing that you have for us. And Lord, we say... May we be some of those who stand in your counsel for the sake of our generation. And Lord, wake up the church in America. Give us a better leader than we deserve. protect the destiny of our nation. We ask that our nation would be a sheep nation, not a goat nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm. So if anybody still needs prayer, we'll have a prayer team in the prayer room over here. Have a blessed weekend. So uh, next week, we plan to do the coffee shop theme again. So we'll have songs, uh, God stories, and uh, <laughs> poems or whatever else the Lord puts on people's hearts to share. <laughs>